Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, October 26. Dare to dream greatness. Seek it above all, however, in the sight of God, not in human eyes. To seek approval from people is like building a house on a bog. Approval is worthwhile only if it comes from those whose loyalty is first to truth. To dream greatness is not a presumption if one aspires to do great, noble deeds that will inspire others. Try above all to fulfill God's will for you. Ask His help in your efforts to help others. There's just many beautiful, subtle points here. He says, to dream greatness is not a presumption if one aspires to do great, noble deeds to help others. In other words, uh, it's not egoic if the, if the premise of your aspiration is selfless, especially if the premise of your aspiration is, I want to dissolve my ego and become an instrument of God. Um, when Swami Kriyananda would visit the great woman saint Anandamoy Ma, who uh, lived in India, she died in the early 1980s. Swami was in India, especially 1958 to 62, but then he went back several times to visit before she passed. But when in 1958 to 62, when he saw her really often and spent a lot of time with her, and she was very gracious in her, the giving of her time to him, Swami she said something to her once like, I feel selfish taking so much of your time. And, and, and Ma answered him, Anandamoy Ma answered him by saying, how can there be selfishness when the desire is to dissolve the self. So his joy in being with her was because being with her was dissolving the, the aspect of his nature that was capable of selfishness. So when we're talking presumption here, if we think about I am going to do great things and, and our, our intention is to, to of self-aggrandizement or to be recognized for our greatness, then that would be both presumptuous and unhelpful spiritually. But if, if our, our dream of greatness is that God can use me in some way to create beauty in this world, even to create great beauty, the premise of that aspiration is the dissolution of self. And it's not presumptuous because... We're all children of God, and the more we surrender ourselves, the more wonderfully He can work through us. It's a, it's a subtle point that is not at all subtle when you're living it. But it's, when you start talking about it, it gets just a little bit confusing. And people even say, well, isn't it selfish to want to have joy? Because that's a desire for yourself, and that's where the mind gets all mixed up. And that's where Ananda Ma's answer counts. If your desire, even if your desire is for joy, the joy is based on the premise that I'm destroying all selfishness. 
So it's, it's divine selfishness in that way, if you want to talk about it like that. But then Swami just talks about what, are, what kind of ambition do we have? What, what are we ambitious for? And I've been amused how many people are interested in, quote, being famous, which is just such an interesting thing to me. Because, you know, what is it to be famous? I mean, what are you asking? Is that everybody thinks that you're great? And this just, it's just so um, superfluous. It just, it's just completely meaningless. If, if many fools vote you to be the king of their party, that still makes you a fool. It doesn't matter if everybody has voted for you. The only thing that makes worth, us worthwhile is when we are in harmony with our divine self. There's a lot of um, people become interested in what is my mission, what is my purpose. These are sort of words that are tossed around a lot when people are uh, making their way in life. And it, it's become very popular to try to figure out what my mission is. Unfortunately, a lot of times that ends up confusing rather than clarifying people's understanding of what they're supposed to do in life. Because the fact of the matter is, we all have a mission in life, it's the truth. But we actually all have the same mission. And that mission is to be conscious of God, God's presence in our life, and to be an instrument for that divine presence. And that is a great and glorious mission. We are literally, um, our ambition is to become infinite. But we imagine, and, and this is a false, a false falsity for almost everyone, that God has an idea of the specific form that's supposed to take. I'm supposed to paint, I'm supposed to um, be a great healer, I'm supposed to teach in this way. I'm, usually it's something that the mission needs to look a little grand. But the problem is that we have a mission to remember God, to remember God's presence and to share Him. And where and how we do it, for most of us, God doesn't really have an opinion. And sometimes we torture ourselves trying to pray for an answer and we think there's something wrong with us because we can't get an answer because God has no opinion. It's the wrong question. The question is not what specific way may I serve you. It's just how can I serve you? And, you know, it's like, well, I, there was a conversation that Swami had with in, in my presence. There was a, a woman who was very concerned about the relationship she was in. She had a she, she had a superstitious idea that, well, let me, it's not superstitious, it's common, that there was one destined partner for her. She was in a relationship that was very unwholesome, and they didn't get along at all, and there was nothing very positive about it. But she was afraid that he was, in fact, the destined one, and that if she didn't stay with him, no matter how awful it was, she would have missed her one and only chance or, or betrayed God's will for her. Swamiji comforted her and tried to help her with a little common sense, which I think he did. But after she left, he said to me, he said, she has so many lessons to learn. I mean, there's so many different directions in her life where she really needs to expand and grow. He said, she could learn what she needs to learn with any number of people. He said, it's very unusual and a sign of enormous advancement for your karma to come down to just a few choices. And he said, also, if it has come down to those few choices, those few choices will just manifest to you. 
you won't be flailing about in a sea of confusion because you won't have all these conflicting cross-currents of karmic possibilities. You'll just be down to a few and you'll just do them. That's all. And of course you may have a few crossroads, but you won't have this um, nameless fear that you're missing the boat somehow. And so a lot of people create a lot of confusion for themselves by falsely imagining or being instructed in a way that is confusing as to find your purpose. And then there's this real single concept that comes in your mind. But that single concept is this like this outside idea. It's not really, it's not really stemming from a feeling inside of you. It's not your own karma that's driving you. It's your mind that's kind of worried. So I've also found in my life that when I I ask God for an answer repeatedly, and the answer doesn't come, I will say almost invariably, I would say invariably, it's very close to that, it's because I'm asking the wrong question. I, you know, it's, it's like when I'm, I don't know, when I'm at the uh, a place where a man is baking bread and I ask him, you know, a, a question about astronomy. It's like he has no answer for me because it's just not, it's not a field that he knows anything about. So when I go to God and say, you know, in, in this particular instance, in this way, am I supposed to do this or am I supposed to do that? It's like God has no knowledge of that because there's no divine answer. He specializes in divine answers. And there is no divine answer because, gosh, you could do any of those things. And the only thing that actually matters is whether or not you remember God's presence and act as his instrument while you're doing it. So you want God to tell you to go to this city and do that thing and have this job and do this particular kind of whatever it is that you want to do. And God tell me, you know, he's silent. And, and almost always it's because we are looking at the details of the specific manifestation and what God knows about is consciousness. And what God is concerned about is our consciousness. So the question, and the question is always, it's a very simple question, how can I serve? Always, how can I serve? How can I serve? How can I grow closer to you? How can I be your instrument? How can I feel your presence? And, and pretty much the answer will be by doing it. <laughs> but once we start asking the right question, the things will begin to open up because even when we apply it to the specifics, you can look at this choice and this choice and this choice. And the question, how can I serve? How can I feel God's presence? We'll often have an answer even in those circumstances. And also it has to be realistically related um, to who we really are inside. Sometimes what happens, and this is false guidance that sometimes comes from either inexperienced spiritual guides or psychics that are simply reading your subconscious desires but not actually reading your best interests. As Swami put it, people will be encouraged to believe um, in talents they don't actually have. You know, you're, you're meant to be a healer, you're meant to be a singer, you're meant to be a writer. Oftentimes people will come to me and say, well, you know, I was told, or I, I feel I'm supposed to be a healer, people will say. I say, oh, how interesting. What kind of healing are you drawn to? What kind of healing are you studying? Have you found a healer that really inspires you, that you're working with? 
And often the answer to that is no, 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 no. I'm just supposed to be a healer. You know, I've, I'm, I'm not myself a particularly good singer, and recently I've taken advantage of uh, a friend who is a very good singer, and even though I'm... It's late in life for me to develop that talent because at this age the physical instrument begins to change. I finally realized that it's something I've always wanted, so I'm going to at least put my finger in it a little. And it's just amazing. Well, the reason I can't sing well is because I don't know how to sing well. <laughs> and people who sing well learn how to sing well. Of course, they might be, you know, they might have an advantage. They might have been born with more ability than I was born with. But good heavens, it's absolutely objective. And just like, you know, half an hour of, of working, it's like, oh, well, that's why I can't hold the note and that's why the tone is so bad, because there's a way to do it and I'm not doing it. And in all these years, I never really sat down and tried to learn it. So if you feel you have a talent, for heaven's sakes, try to develop it. Don't just sit there and imagine that it's going to come. Now that is presumptuous. To have high ambitions is not presumptuous. But to imagine that, you know, the fairy godmother is going to come and go, I, I was remembering this, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, that's what the Cinderella little fairy godmother, she would sing bibbidi-bobbidi, bibbidi-bobbidi, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Whoever thought of that? I have no idea. But here I am, I'm going to say a hundred years after I first heard that, and I can still remember it. So there's this like some cosmic pattern that's in there. But we oftentimes, you know, we dream greatness and then we leave it as a dream. It's not presumptuous to dream, but it's presumptuous to do nothing and think that, that the dream will be fulfilled. Because why would it? I mean, just why would it? Why would you be the only human being on the planet who has to put out no effort, who will just be great because merely, oh, I think I'll be great. <laughs> Gee, I don't have anything to do this morning. I think I'll be great. <laughs> and then surprise, surprise, lunch comes and you're, you're still not. What do you know? So it's not presumptuous if we apply ourselves to attunement with the divine and if we apply ourselves to becoming capable of being a channel of the greatness we aspire to express. Then it's, uh, how would I put it, God rejoices. He just rejoices with us and every step we take toward that, He rushes out to help us. So, Swami says, Dare to dream greatness. Seek it above all, however, in the sight of God, not in human eyes. To seek approval from people is like building a house on a bog Approval is worthwhile only if it comes from those whose loyalty is first to truth. To dream greatness is not a presumption. If one aspires to do great, noble deeds, that will inspire others. Try, above all, to fulfill God's will for you. Ask His help in your efforts to help others. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.